Welcome to Omnipotent Growth with Cal. I'm an acting leader for more than a decade and your leadership trainer and coach. Each week you'll hear exceptional stories and interviews, as well as actionable strategies and tactics that you can implement right away. I want to thank you for spending some time to grow as a leader. Welcome to another episode of Omnipotent Growth with Cal. Today, our topic is focused around what is the connection between entrepreneurship and the academic world. We have a very interesting guest, Dimu Dimov. He is a professor of innovation and entrepreneurship at the School of uh, Management. This is University of Bath uh, in UK. He is also founding editor-in-chief of uh, Journal of Business Venturing Insights. Uh, and has been recognized as uh, one of the top 100 professors of entrepreneurship worldwide. So Dimu holds uh, a PhD at London Business School and has been in faculties like um, Newcastle University, University of Connecticut, uh, 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 IE Business School, and also Reykjavik University. He's uh, a co-founder of Kinetic Thinking, a company that enables new styles of thinking, very interesting, uh, also new styles of management and leading something that we are going to be very interested in today. Uh, a very curious uh, concept uh, that Dimo will explain more, we hope. Uh, he's also a non-executive director of uh, Brevio. I hope that I pronounced that right. A startup that connects uh, funders and those looking for funding in the voluntary uh, sector. Before entering the academic uh, world, he was a finance director with Marriott uh, International, overseeing two hospitality businesses in Budapest, Hungary. So, a lot of uh, uh, portfolio uh, for our guest today. Steph, could you please uh, shoot the first question? Sure. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Kao. And, you know, it's nice to have you here. Thank you for accepting our invitation. Uh, my first question would be uh, because, you know, as you know, I'm a, I'm a banking professional, so uh, I'm very curious, how did you decide to quit the more traditional finance and hospitality business and pursue a career in the academic sector? First of all, uh, good morning, uh, Stefan Carl. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me uh, on, your, um, on, your, on your show. Uh, well, the short answer is, um, there is a short answer in, in the question of how. I got an email when I was in, sitting in my office as a finance director, um, received an email from London Business School that they were starting a new PhD program in entrepreneurship. And this was, the, the year was 99. So if, you're, if you think this was pre the dot-com boom, and uh, so there was a lot of uh, talk about entrepreneurship was, was starting out. Um, and so I was, I was very curious. Um, and uh, the deadline was a week later, and so I just gathered quickly my documents and I just put my name in the hat. Um, and before I knew, I was accepted with a, with a full scholarship. And so then the question was, this was an entirely new thing. I, I never knew I was going to become an academic. Uh, I just thought this was a, a PhD in entrepreneurship and um, the various ways in which you could take things. Uh, but I think the, the bottom line was that I didn't want to go through the rest of my life thinking what would have been if I had taken that chance. So I knew the way the career was lined up in, in the hospitality and the hotel business. I knew what was, what was coming and the, the, the path was pre-charted. But this idea of not wanting to think about missed chances uh, is probably what, mm. what led to that. So it was quite exciting, you know, moving to London and, and all that. Um, but uh, 
so this was the immediate and, and the bottom of that. I, I guess I like learning new things. And, and if I go in the business and go through the cycle once or twice, you go through the annual cycle and things become repetitive and then um, you want to do something new. So this was, a, this was an interesting opportunity. Um, and by the way, just as an anecdote, when I, when I did my MBA at Case Western Reserve University and the, uh, what is now this, the, the Central European University Graduate School of Business, Case Western is a, is a school in Cleveland, Cleveland in the U, U.S. We did a, at the start, we did a management career values exercise where you learn about yourself and what you're trying to do. And as part of that, I did a, a learning style inventory, which tells you about you and your careers. And even though I wanted to be an executive and a CEO, my profile said first profession, college professor. <laughs> so I was very upset about that at the time, and I, I thought I wanted to be in the other in the other quadrant. Uh, but uh, here I am. Yes, very interesting. Uh, but in the end, you somehow managed to combine both worlds. Like you are always part of something. Um, we you told us when we had classes because uh, this is an, an extra information that uh, Dimo was our professor in our MBA with Stefan. Uh, you had so many stories on different entrepreneurial uh, projects that um, you you managed to be around again the business. Of course, uh, the the scaled business is different, but uh, it, it still uh, holds the same uh, amount of uh, responsibility. How you are going to move from quarter to quarter, or how you are going to to finish the year, and so on. So, can you? Tell us now a bit more about kinetic thinking and what is the concept. This is one of the things that you are part of. Uh, it will be very interesting for us. So kinetic thinking is a framework. So this is something that um, I've developed with, with a colleague, uh, Professor Joseph Pistrui from the IE Business School. So we, when I started my first academic job at IE, um, I started working with Joseph uh, back then, and then we, um, I left IE and went to the US, back to the UK after a while, but we reconnected about two and a half years ago, and um, this is something that captures our experience in researching, teaching, and, and thinking about, about entrepreneurship. So we, we, we came together, we kind of compared notes, and we realized that uh, we had a very similar worldview on what was important when it comes to the entrepreneurial journey. And uh, I had I had come I had come from this from more of a, a conceptual and research side, trying to uh, you know make academic inroads into the study of entrepreneurship. He has a lot of experience with working with executives and executive development and the teaching of entrepreneurship at, at different levels and in different settings. And as I said, it was very consistent. And there were two things, uh, and these two things that are actually captured in the name. One is kinetic, which means which is connected to movement. So everything is in movement. So in a way to go through life, um, there's a movement around you, but you're also moving as well. So there's this, this sense of always responding of what is, what is outside of you. So that's the idea of kinetic. You cannot be static. Uh, you, have to be, you, have to, uh, you have to have movement. And the second one is about thinking. And thinking is um, that's, it's, it's a central human thing. It's probably our most fundamental human capacity. And in a way, thinking govern, governs everything that we see and do. Uh, and one of the challenges is that thinking is so much in the background that we, we don't realize that it's there. That when we talk about what we see and we, when, we, when, we, when we do things, it's, it's always filtered through the way we think. And the ability to 
to be a bit more reflective and to kind of look at ourselves from the outside and try to to take control of the way we think if you if you if I use that expression uh, that that enables us to to take control of of what we see and what we do at the time so we have this the world is always in movement and we can be a little bit more deliberate and systematic in how to respond so um, kinetic thinking is about we shape the world as thinking but also the as thinkers but also the world shapes us so this is this relationship which we, what we call a, a recursive model we do things the world responds we do things again and uh, mm. we reevaluate so it's always a, a, a it's a cycle yeah. That's the uh, so that's that's the framework and uh, the bottom line of it is is we've taken out of it uh, we've developed um, instruments for people to to take stock of, of the way they think and, and suggest uh, different ways in which they can develop their thinking to have a to deploy and use a broad range of thinking that comes useful in different situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw on, on uh, the side of uh, kinetic kinetic thinking. Sorry. Uh, that um, you uh, people are entrenched in in their own ways of thinking, and you're trying to somehow break it uh, and and show them um, that they should be reflective and so on. Um, so very interesting concept. You also you also uh, first of all you prepare an assessment. Of the of the thinking, you have assessment of management styles, and so and leading uh, leadership styles. Um, my question would be, um, what in this framework uh, could help the the leaders to to become a better leaders, better versions of of themselves? Actually, I think I've lost the sound here. Um, I I couldn't hear your question, so you were you were your sound was patchy. So uh, uh-huh. okay. ah, there we go. Now go go for the the core question. Yes, now now it's fine. Yes. Yeah, the core question is um, how your framework could support could help uh, the leaders, the managers, to become better versions of of themselves. So the starting point is, as you said, um, that we, we develop habits. We have a habits of thinking. And so a very simple example, um, you're, you go through school, uh, for example, you're good at maths and, and you always do maths and you kind of ignore other areas because that's your specialization. Later on, you begin to work with spreadsheets, then naturally go into, into a career in finance because it involves numbers. So you always You always play to your strength and you come to a point where you – uh, you work in, in, in an environment and you, you because you've, you've always emphasized numbers and working with numbers and having a, a finance point of view, that's the way you see the world. But there's other ways to yeah. see the world, which by, yeah. by, by way of specializing and pursuing a specialization, you're necessarily uh, ignorant of. So there's this idea that to be a specialist in anything means that you're ignorant of other things. So mm. to know anything is to be ignorant of other things. So knowledge and ignorance are actually... Uh, different sides of the same coin. So we think about our life stories and what we study and where we work and the functions and everything. Uh, this, the 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 different the different language and thinking and the sense of what's important that's associated with our life journey creates habits. These are habits of thought, and uh, we never think about kind of breaking away from those habits. And just like 
you know, I go to work and I always take the same path and never think about it. You always just mm. follow the same path day after day. Mm. And until the time comes where, where being reflective is you realize, well, wait a minute, this is, this is not the only path that I can take forward. I can actually follow different directions and one day I can go and take a different route. And that would lead to some interesting thing. It's the same with, with thinking. So thinking is a, is a habit. It's a little groove that you just go day by day. And the beauty of habits is that we don't have to think about things, right? You just do. Uh, but what our framework does is, is allows you to take a look and say, look, this is where you are on a, on a broad map of thinking. This is where you are. But this is, these are all these other areas where you could be. These are all different ways it, in which you could be thinking in, in, in various situations. So we, we call this uh, a combination of a mirror and a map. So mm-hmm. metaphorically, we allow you to look at yourself in the mirror and behind you see a little map uh, of, of all the places where you could go. And all of a sudden, this opens up uh, developmental opportunities. So mm. it's kind of waking up to realize that uh, these are my habits. Uh, but this is not the only way in which things could be done. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, I totally love uh, the idea of uh, reflection, some sort of uh, uh, a guideline to your own perception on where you stand and then a reflection of actually where you stand. And I always think about the skill sets that we have and uh, the choices that we made in our lives, how, as you said, uh, to what extent to be ignorant and to what extent to be curious about a certain topic. Uh, And I can always uh, put myself in a, in a state in which I tell myself what got you here won't get you there. And if you want to do something more, you have to reach for something more or expand or, uh, explore a different path and try something new. Uh, okay, so this is a, quite a topic. I think it it calls for a whole episode. But uh, as we got you here, we we want to uh, be as uh, broad as possible. So I'm going to uh, shift uh, the topic a bit and uh, talk about your book, The Reflective Entrepreneur. And then you write uh, that the the entrepreneurial opportunities are clear and obvious in retrospect, but opaque and ambiguous in prospect. So this is something that we uh, really hold on to with Stefan uh, from our class. And uh, the question will be, even so, is there a way, is there a framework in which uh, a, a seasoned entrepreneur can find, uh, like, uh, recognize a pattern or recognize a, a set of things that can lead to the next big thing? And if there is one, what is it? Like, how, how we can define such things? Mm. So I'll give, you, I'll give you an interest. I'll give you the direct answer. The direct answer is no. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, of course, and, of course, this is not what people want to hear. And, and you're going yeah. gonna, to gonna see people who come out and say that they have a framework and they will say yes. Mm. But I'll give you I'll give you a no, and I'll I'll give you the uh, a slightly different, but a very intuitive answer. I think so. If there was a way to know, if there is a if there was a framework like this, then there would not be a next big thing. Mm-hmm. Because if if there is a way to know, then then everybody would get on the bag wagon. You would you would you would price it up, and it would eliminate the whole the whole thing that the the next big thing mm-hmm. represents. So the idea of a next big thing arises from the fact that we cannot that we just cannot know. There are things that are going to happen that are currently completely outside of our, of our field of knowledge, of our field of vision, uh, anything else. So, so there, is a, there is a sense in which 
not everything will succeed, right? So this is mm. not everything. We can do, we can try many things. Not everything will succeed, but success can come from every, anywhere. Yeah. And so if you try, if you try and work with that and think, how do I, what do, what do I do here? Then, then the distinct approach is that one, we have to try many things. So we have to experiment and we have to build on the, on the momentum uh, and things that work. So you start with expert entrepreneurs or expert investors and the thing is that they never bet on one thing. They would bet. They would bet on a range of things. And out of that range of things, some of the some of the things could work. But they, you could never pinpoint it. If you pressed against the wall and you say you got to choose one thing, then, then that would be an impossible thing to do. A bit like predicting who's going to win win the World Cup. Mm-hmm. In fact, you, with the World Cup, you know it's going to be one of thirty-two teams. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's very easier, clear. Yeah. <laughs> but but you don't know which one. And and with with every stage of the tournament, this gets narrowed down, narrowed down. And even until the very final, it's still down to two teams, and you can still not pinpoint it which mm-hmm. one it is it is going to be. So so the idea here is that you you always work with a range of things. And the idea of portfolio is a obviously is, a, is an old one. Uh, this works at all levels and. Institutional investors diversify, they invest in different things. Venture capital funds diversify, they invest in different companies. Uh, and even entrepreneurs diversify in, in the sense that they pursue different ventures over time. And, and some of these work out uh, hmm. and others don't. And sometimes, I suppose if you're lucky, it will be your first time is going to be, is going to be the, 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 the big success or uh, relatively successful. Uh, if you're less so, it's going to be maybe the fifth or the sixth. But uh, Diversification at the level of the entrepreneur is about is about trying things over and over and different things and learning as you as you go mm-hmm. along. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you touched upon some of um, some of the common qualitative uh, qualities uh, that uh, entrepreneurs have, like uh, persistence, keep trying and trying uh, until. Uh, the fifth attempt or the sixth or whatever finally gets you to, to a success. Uh, are things uh, like motivation, uh, hard work, of, of course. Uh, but these are common common traits of entrepreneurs and, uh, and good managers alike. Uh, we, in, in this regard, what qualities do you think make a good leader? Uh, all right, that's a, that's a great question. Let me just step back and, and uh, just just a quick comment on the mm-hmm. on the persistence. So persistence is important, but persistence needs to go with learning. Uh, so it's not about trying the same things over again, but always yeah. trying. The, so so there, I, there's a great expression that I like. The uh, is by John Doerr. He's a partner at Klein Perkins, uh, a venture capital firm, and he says that the important thing is that never to make the same mistakes. So you always to mm-hmm. you always need to be making new mistakes. That's mm-hmm. the the idea is that mistakes, you never, you never avoid making mistakes, right? Mistakes mm. are always there, but the point is to making new mistakes. So you have persistence, but as long as you're making new mistakes, this is, this is what matters. Mm. Um, so that's the, that's the idea there. So back to, back to a leader. So uh, a leader, I think the idea... larger group of people. So you have an entire organization that you need. So uh, there are people at the front line who do things, uh, the managers obviously who coordinate the efforts and, and organize work, but the leader is there with a slightly different roles. So the leader needs to set a context for other people to try. 
And part of the context, uh, part of what is important is about inspiring and energizing people so they want to yeah. be part of that organization and, and contributing. So inspiration and energy is in, so motivating others. But at the same time, you also need to create an environment where there is a sense of discipline and some, some accountability for performance because we need to, at the end of the day, we have to achieve things and every organization has short-term goals to, to pursue. But the two need to be balanced. So you need to have the, the inspiration and the context setting and the values, but you also need to have the discipline and the performance. And the whole idea of balance is interesting because it's not about one or the other, or it's about both. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever, uh, th this will take me back to my childhood, but if you've ever been on a horse cart, on a horse cart where you drive the horse cart and you have the two, the reins of the horse, Mm. or the donkey or whatever is driving the car yeah. you have to you have to keep a balance you, you can't pull one or you can't pull the other too hard because because yeah. it can it can lead to disaster so this takes me to the um, time spent with my grandfather some some years ago so it's about the balance uh, mm. and uh, in a way it's it's a uh, the, the leader has to span this nice boundary between order and disorder order is in one discipline but disorder you want to let people pursue some of the things that they find that they're important. You want to, you want to create that. Uh, and nature operates at this boundary between order and disorder. Uh, so just to, just to, to elaborate very, very quickly. So we have within our kinetic thinking framework, we have the idea of a leading style, which is, which is about how to think about yourself when you're trying to lead an entrepreneurial organization. And what we talk about there is two levers, uh, two, two things that a leader has at their disposal. A leader sets horizons. This is where a leader wants people to be looking. And at the same time, leader sets boundaries. Uh, yeah. And this kind of a sense of who are we and us and them. Where do, you, where do you drive the boundary between us and them? So horizon is about whether you focus on the present or the future. And the boundary is about how do you deal with the community? And do you think the community is something with, with, with whom you transact in a very transactional sense? Or you think about co-creation and collaboration, where obviously value can arise out of the current boundaries of the organization. This combination of of, of these two levers can create different leading uh, leadership styles, and and again, they are they can be more or less important in in different stages and different periods uh, in the development of the organization. Again, about balance and about doing different things in different situations. Absolutely. So I totally relate to the balance. It's always uh, the main thing that I uh, try to uh, explain that this dichotomy, this um, way of being able to support your team the most, but then uh, challenge them the most, uh, being able to uh, give them opportunity to uh, develop and uh, try new things and to think out of the box but then setting the, the boundaries and the the frame that you can do so so you explained very well what types of leadership qualities and uh, thinking a leader uh, must have to to be in an entrepreneurial for example uh, organization but um, is it fixed for you for example if a leader has a certain let's say uh, it has a certain uh, profile in, in your framework. And then it turns out that the organization needs a bit more of something else. Uh, is it plastic for you? And uh, is it possible to grow out of uh, a certain uh, 
pattern, a certain type of, of leadership. Uh, and this is our uh, underlying question. Uh, is there a recipe of leadership growth for you, like development for, for, for leaders, reaching from one point to another? So the um, again, a great great question. The uh, the short answer is yes. So that's that's what the whole idea of style represents. A style is 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 a way in which you are set now, but but it's it's something that can certainly change. So we don't we don't look at any of the um, any of the instruments in any of the, of the 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 concepts that we have. It's not about describing the way someone is in a fixed way. But it's about describing them as 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 a, as a way that where they could change. So that that's possible. Just like just like you, you change, you can one someone can change their hairstyle and dressing style, or a music style. They can change their lead, uh, leadership style. But this is about being reflective and getting a sense of where this is where I am, uh, and this is what got me here. To use your phrase, that's, I love that mm-hmm. phrase from. Um, uh, this is what got me here, but but it's not going to get me there because of the uh, because we're going in a different. So that 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 sense of reflection says, well, I need to be doing things differently, and I need to be I need to be thinking differently. And this is what our framework kind of gives you a, a little map that suggests we're well, here the directions uh, in which you you could develop that. So um, I think there is a there, there is a message of hope there that that personal mm-hmm. development this this is possible to change and develop. It's not easy. It takes, uh, you know, it takes it takes work to break habits, uh, but at the same time, um, it is possible. So personal growth for me, this is always about curiosity and learning and, and trying new things. And this, there's there's this sense that there's always a next. No matter where you are, there's always a next. Mm. So, um, uh, and in a way, this is about someone and people not taking themselves too ter- too seriously to think that I've achieved now things, so I can stop. And I can just rest on my laurels and and, and, and enjoy things. Uh, and and I think the moment someone start taking themselves start taking themselves too seriously, this is where kind of development ends. Yeah. Uh, so, so so there's always there's always the next, and and that's uh, I mean this could be it is it's an intimidating thought, which means that uh, you always have to um, you have to keep going. But at the same time, it's quite it's quite exciting because there's always new things to explore and new things to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Growth mindset at, at its finest. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. That's what gathers here to uh, me and me and Kyle with with this podcast. Uh, especially for me, this is something completely completely new, as as you can tell from my appearance. But anyway, uh, <laughs> to our last but but not least uh, question, um, you're a very busy person. Uh, you teach at several universities uh, so uh, how do you manage your your non executive you you are engaged with kin- kinetic thinking with uh Brevio and so on uh you're also a far how do you manage all of your roles and uh how do you cope with with stress that's a it's another great question i I'm not sure that i'm i'm Coping well. I mean, I'm obviously managing through. But yes, there, there are quite a lot of roles. So I know there, there is a sense of a, of a need to unwind. Yeah. And to unwind uh, as in, as in sometimes there's a value in just in value in doing nothing, and the value or something that has nothing to do with work. So that that's really it's it's a very hard thing to do because sometimes there is a sense that 
you know, if I'm not working or if not spending my time on what I would consider a productive activity, that there's a, somehow this is being wasted. But this ability to recognize the value of doing nothing or the value of doing something that's completely different uh, is quite important. Now, this could be reading and reading not necessarily business-related or research-related, reading something completely different. Perhaps reading a book that you wouldn't normally read or, or listening to music or cooking or playing. Um, and so that, that's, that's important. Um, and I, I've probably learned the hard way that work never ends. Uh, so and that's uh, that's just um, I, I have this illusion that if I clear up my inbox uh, that somehow I can sit back and relax and, uh, and and this happens I often I often I often clear it up and, and there's this great sense of relief and I can sit back and relax and then before you know it it fills up again in no time within a couple exactly. of days it, it fills up again so as soon as you real, realize that you know work would never let go then taking control of, of things just means that at some point you just have to say, well, I, I'm just going to focus on other things uh, and, and that's not going to be work-related. So it's a hard thing to do. I'm still working on that, but that's, uh, <laughs> and that's, the, way, that's the way to do it. Never-ending process. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I totally can remember now uh, my grandfather used to say, he was a special man. He had uh, his own way of uh, his own internal equilibrium, let's say. And he used to say, uh, work will be there long after you. So <laughs> don't beat yourself up <laughs> with too much work. So, yeah, basically, the conversation was great, Dimo. Uh, we want to thank you for uh, participating. And uh, it will be a pleasure to talk again in the future. Um, we always uh, learn new stuff from you. Then we have plenty of things that uh, we discussed in this episode. So we are going to post some links uh, into the descriptions. Uh, you can see the kinetic thinking, the models, and so on. Uh, we will post the site. Uh, to, to close up, very important, we can think of leadership in almost any uh, situation uh, which relates to personal life, family life, your work, even if it's a, a startup with three guys and uh, a large company with uh, 2,000 guys, it, it's it's uh, totally uh, dependent on the scale. But the things that we, we continuously find out is that um, people that achieve more find ways to look from different perspectives. And this is what we, uh, again, reassured today. So thank you all for watching. See you in the, our next episode. And I want to thank again Dimo for participating. See you next week, guys. Thank you. Thank you.